and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, um, and we are uh, in the midst of a somewhat special show this week um you know all shows are special but this one has a tinge bit more because we are dropping a uh very fun very intriguing and very um i'd say soul-bearing interview with one jared evans on the day that Paris is bumping a show that Jared Evans is competing on and that a friend of the show, Billy Dixon, has putting together is debuting. Yes. So listen to this show and then later on tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific over on independentwrestling.tv, you can catch Paris is bumping. Check out Jared in the ring. Uh, or I guess there's not a ring on the show. It's all no ring matches, but you can figuratively see Jared in the ring um, right after you listen to um, his story all about his getting into pro wrestling and um, kind of discovering himself within pro wrestling and how uh, 2020, despite the pandemic, has been um, a somewhat banner year for him. Uh, A lot of um, prominent spots and a lot of queer and non-queer specific independent shows um you know most recently we saw him on the big gay brunch uh, in the twink gauntlet um but of course he'll be competing tonight in a four-way match uh for the divas championship and it should be a blast along with everything else on paris's bumping um and of course if you don't have an independent wrestling.tv subscription uh, you can always use our promo code lgbt ring pod to get five days free and check out the show tonight um and then check out everything else that's else is there and and see the plethora of independent wrestling programming that's available um yeah so it's i'm really stoked to have the chance to sit down with jared i've uh Jared won me over um, at Butch vs. Gore. I, I've known of J- I've known of Jared for a while, but I hadn't really seen much of his in-ring work until Butch vs. Gore and in the scramble match and being one of the final two with AC Mack. And we get into that match a little bit in our conversation. But coming out of that, um, I'd say Jared's been on a lot of people's radars. Like that, and then the street fight with with Billy uh, at the second Polyam Cole party. Just all kinds of memorable moments um, provided, and that all kind of stems from uh, five years of what Jared kind of described as stagnation in a lot of ways, and we get in, we definitely delve into that um, in the interview here, so really excited for everyone to hear it um, and learn a little bit more about someone who is going to be all over independentwrestling.tv later tonight. Um, but of course, before we get there, I do have to take some time to mention that uh, Darnell Mitchell, uh, form, uh, who's been a guest on this show, um, did announce um, earlier this week that he was stepping away from Uncanny Attractions um, for our, what I, from what I can tell, personal reasons. Um, you know, it's it's a bummer because I think this is something that that uh, Lola McGrath pointed out um, on Twitter is that you know Darnell provided a very strong, very loud, and um, very forceful uh, black queer voice within uh, pro wrestling promotion that you don't see 
at all. Um, and it is, you know, I understand self-care is, is a huge thing. You know, it is definitely a priority over, over many, many things, everything potentially. So definitely, you know, Darnell, do what you need to do. Um, and, and, do what's right for you definitely but it is a loss it is a huge loss because you know him alongside Lynn and MV with Uncanny have really built um, a brand that you know doesn't sit on the sideline and, and wait for other companies to acknowledge the talent and drawing power of marginalized uh, wrestlers and marginalized uh talents within this industry all around so I commend him for, for the work that he's done there and it, it is a real bummer to see him go um, hopefully this is he'll be back you know I'm, I'm hoping that, that there'll be some more um, stuff from Darnell down the line but if not you know a good three to four run with Uncanny definitely got them running in, in a way that um, has propelled them all the way to independentwrestling.tv um, to a whole bunch of really fun, interesting live programming. The first cinem- all cinematic show during the pandemic was really good. You know, just he, he left his mark in terms of the wrestling promotion. I know he's, he's still, I know he's still a fan, and I know he still has the the podcast that he works on. But it is a loss in the promotion world. You know, you, it's his voice was a unique one, and you know, it's one that can't really replace you know so yeah just wanted to quick shout out darnell there because you know a lot of appreciation from us here at lgbt in the ring for everything that he's done um not just with uncanny but in terms of professional wrestling as a whole um so now it's just up to uh the rest of us to pick up that ball and run with it and keep that spirit going um or at least until darnell picks it back up because um we're not doing him justice <laughs> maybe that's not the right wording you know what I mean though um, only Darnell can do things the way Darnell does so uh, with that though let's uh, jump into our interview with uh, the blacklisted prince Jared Evans what's up guys guys and non-binary pals welcome back to lgbt in the ring i am very excited to have as my guest this week someone who is going to be um as when the show comes out competing later on tonight on the debuting paris is bumping in a four-way match for the divas championship um but he has been on a lot of major stages when it comes to lgbtq pro wrestling and independent pro wrestling over the the year oddly enough it took covid for 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 him to get on a lot of people's radars which is great though because it's well deserved um the blacklisted prince the bastard son of new york city jared evans welcome to lgbt in the ring Thanks for having me. Uh, you also forgot, just recently, the host of The Thing with Jared Yes. <laughs> I was going to get to that because I just watched the first episode earlier today. Um, and I have to say, uh, heel as heel can be. Love it. <laughs> uh, it's so funny you say heel because some people take it as a face thing because they're like, oh, my God, like, you're a dick. But it's so relatable. Like, I hate that, too. So, like... <laughs> I feel like it kind of works both ways. Like, it's kind of like a, it could be, people can book me as a face or they can book me as a heel with that because 
it just works. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, who doesn't like get annoyed whenever there's a, a loud kid in a restaurant, right? Uh, I <laughs> uh, what you call? It? I am perpetually angry, so like little things <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> so like, if somebody breathes the wrong way around me, especially this is also pre-COVID. If people breathe around me the wrong way, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 I just like I'm so mean. Like I don't, I'm mean, but like, you know who I really and actually Effie like told me who this kind of who I kind of remind him of a little bit was Billy Eichner. I can see it. Like he's like you're a it. dick. You're a dick, but the half the shit you say makes me laugh. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there that's a pretty good comparison though. Like Billy Eichner is is spot on. That would be um, hilarious. Yes. So tell me a little bit before we get into like all the other stuff that's been going on. Like I, I'm curious. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about the thing. Where did the the idea for this for this little uh, Twitter series come from? <laughs> Billy Dixon and I were traveling to uh, a show recently, and we were like, I was like, okay. So I I felt like I've lose I've lost steam. All right. So way back in my career, like I was doing like the mirror gimmick. And I felt, and I dropped that because a lot of people, especially for some reason, even though Virginia has the smallest amount of wrestling possible, so many people thought they were pretty boys. And I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, I forget that you can't really see my face. But I basically have the face of like, what the fuck did you say, Willis? Like, really? So I said, I need to differentiate myself from these people. So I dropped the mirror. And then I just kind of have been, I'll admit it, like, I've been stagnant. So I was, like, kind of losing, like, what do I do with myself? I need a character. I need some sort of character because promoters are not going to book, can only book so many good in-ring in-ring wrestlers. So I said, I need something. And we, me and Billy were, like, just spitstorming. And he's like, what if you did a show where you just literally just were yourself? And you, the idea was an influencer. But then it became like, what if you just talk shit about shit that annoys you? And like somehow then eventually like change it up to be wrestling oriented. And I was like, oh, this is easy because I literally can go off about any little thing that annoys me. <laughs> and then we talked about this. So I was like, okay, and I'm thinking about it, like, how am I going to really do this? And then the, thing, the two things that really influenced it, that influenced how the first one came out and how probably because I'm not officially, but kind of officially said that this will be a series, that it influenced, was influenced by uh, the Grind My Gears episode with uh, a family guy with Peter Griffin. And then, um, you, I don't know who, I, mean, I might age myself here, but if everybody remembers who what, all that was, and it had the uh, Amanda, Amanda Bynes, and <laughs> yes. she, did the ask, she did the Ask Ashley segment where she literally reads letters, and she's like, well, and then she goes off on a, and she goes off on them. I'm like, oh my god, that's me. <laughs> so I said, okay, we'll do, we'll try to do that. And then, so that came, that's how I kind of put it together. I did a few takes, like prepping it to see how it is, and I gave, I, I kept the close to the vest, like who I was going to show it to. And then I showed it to Billy, of course, and I showed it to a few others, and then I showed it to Faye Jackson, who was like my wrestling mom. <laughs> it might be everybody's wrestling mom, but I just like to say that I'm one of the close ones. <laughs> I like to believe I'm one of the close ones. But yeah, so I, I, 
I needed like a vet's opinion. So I was like, I need somebody who's really out there and like, who's different. And I was like, my wrestling mom, Faye. So I hit up Faye and I was like, hey, would you mind watching this? And she was like, I love it. She was like, it's hilarious, but you need to do this on the weekly. You can't just do this one off. It has to be like a weekly thing because it needs to gain steam. I was like, perfect. She's like, no one's doing what you're doing. No one's doing this now. And so maybe you should just hop on that. I mean, it's a, per- it's a yeah, it's a perfect way to differentiate yourself. Like, find a find it a niche, even if it is just exploiting your regular everyday annoyance. With- <laughs> I actually like the first episode. I was really going back and forth what I was going to do the first episode on, but then an incident happened with a bad parent at a grocery store, and I was like, "Yep, that's that's." I mean, granted, that didn't like the grocery store. I did a long take once, and I was like, "Oh, it can't go this long. I have to. Do- it has to be less than two minutes." Uh, so I had to like shorten it and get it together. Hmm. Well, first episode I mean, of anything's hard. Oh yeah, no, tr- trust me, I understand. <laughs> 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 no, but, but no, I think it. I think it's it 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 hit what you wanted it to do. I think, and and uh, if you haven't checked it out, definitely go check it out over on uh, Jared's uh, Twitter page. It's also on my Instagram. It? Oh yeah, and Instagram as well. There you go. Just hit up the socials. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna because I, I think now on Instagram you can make like a series and like they kind of like put that. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't like really delved into it. But like if you make certain videos, you could put them off into a series. So I might just like do that and upload them onto the series on, through Instagram too. Like Twitter is gonna stay because Twitter's like fast, gets everything out there, and like I feel like a lot more people, especially in wrestling, <laughs> interact with Twitter than they do Instagram a little bit more. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's different. It's definitely for different things, I would say. Mm-hmm. But but they're they're both fairly important in, in in a way. Which I say that as I have not done anything on my Instagram at all in the, like the <laughs> two years that I've had it. Um. So yeah, but no, like and it's and it's good to see yourself getting yourself out there in 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 all these different ways. Because like obviously, like like I said in the open, like twenty twenty has been a fairly big year for you. Um, um, you know you. Like starting off with like Butch versus Score back in March, and then mm. like the Polyam Cult Party, Big Gay Brunch, obviously a couple of weeks ago, and now coming up um, on the 29th, this Paris is bumping. Like you've been on a lot of like high profile events this year. Um, I'm curious, like when when 2020 started, did you expect all of this for yourself? Absolutely not. I thought it was just gonna be another year of of shit. <laughs> just gonna be another year of shit. <laughs> um, no, but so it's so you know this is to go back to the whole like pandemic thing. I yeah. would have a pop off, somewhat of a pop off year in a pandemic. Like it's just that's the story of Jared Evans. Never gets any sort of like inkling about anything unless something really shitty happens. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like apropos, but. Uh, when 2020 started off, I had no idea, like, I was going to have something of a, like, some sort of, like, I would say it's like a small, like, kind of like getting my name, dipping my feet out there, like, people starting to kind of see me a little bit. Uh, Billy had already been working on Butch versus Gore for, like, a while by this point. And he was like, you're on the show. Like, you don't even have to worry. Like, you're on it. I got something for you. I'm like, okay, fine. All right. We'll see. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I knew it was his show, and he's booking it. But, you know, 
I should always be skeptical. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll see. Every every promoter says they have maybe something for me, and then they kind of like on me a little bit. Mm. I mean, that's also kind of partially. Like I said, I'm. I also take accountability. Like, have I really? I I don't feel like I'm that much of a character. I feel like wrestling now is really character driven. I've been trying to figure out more of myself as far as like character wise. So it's partially I'm to blame for it too. But so Billy starts booking Butch versus the score, and then the match comes up. He's like, okay, you're in the scramble. Immediately, as soon as he said that, I rolled my eyes. I was like, another multi-man match. Damn it. Damn it. Another multi-man match. Oh, my God. He's like, but listen, it's elimination. I'm like, oh, so I'm eliminated first. Okay, got it. Uh, no, he's like, no, no, no. Uh, and then, we came, then the players got involved of who it was going to be. And then I saw, like, the roster. I already knew the roster for, like, the show. But then he showed me who's going to be in the match. And I was like, yep, that works. That works. That's good. Like, and then, like, I mean, how much of a work are we saying here? Like, I guess we're saying, like, we put the match together. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, and it ended up being, like, me and Mac. And I'm just, and that's what, you know, it was coming down to. And I was like, really? Like, I'm getting this? What? Me? (laughs) Like, like I was, I was really in shock when I was told, you know, it's gonna come down to like you and Mac, you and AC Mac, who, by the way, like, I don't think gets enough credit for anything at all. Mm-hmm. He's so good, and I think that Mac and I have a very untapped chemistry because we wrestled at another promotion that I don't really want to say the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we worked at a triple threat with Jamie Senegal, and we just. There was like a, we had like a small, like something, something there. I was like, okay, like this is a guy that knows it, gets his thing, gets his going. Like he's just so good. He's really good. And I don't think Matt gets enough credit for everything he's doing. I mean, people know who he is, but then also don't. And it's kind of like criminal. But so it came down to me and Mac. And <laughs> it's funny because we were putting it together. <laughs> uh, we're putting it together. And I was like, Mac, we don't really need to do anything until the end. Okay. So. because <laughs> that's the thing with scramble is like how do you get everybody over in a scramble because it is so many people especially the, there were seven of us and everybody in that match deserved to shine russell deserved to shine devon deserved to shine erica corinne mv young and uh, i feel like i'm forgetting something let me think russell devon corinne mv erica erica lee me oh me matt me matt okay so yeah that's the seven and I was like, let's just let them all get like their shit in the beginning because we're the we're the end. Yeah. And, and then I just wasn't expecting a reaction like I kind of got, and I really wasn't like thinking that was gonna happen for me. Like I really did. Like first of all, <laughs> calling out Billy right now. This motherfucker. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> this is he's like yeah you're on my show, but you're gonna be babyface. Really? <laughs> really? To be fair, your baby face against AC Mack, who was like, like top tier, like heel mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Like, there's really it's hard for AC Mack to to wrestle baby face a, a lot of the time. Oh, for sure. But this is also this is also going into it not knowing I was going to be with Mack at the end. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he's like, oh, by the way, so you're in this match in a scramble, but you're baby face. I'm like, are you? <laughs> Fucking kidding me! Like you're just setting me up for failure here. 
Like, no one likes this face. Everybody <laughs> hates this face. Oh. Like, I come out through the curtain, immediate booze. Like, I just have that face. Like, my trainer always taught me. He said, I can't ever make you baby face because you just have a very punchable face. <laughs> that's, that's a vote of confidence, I guess. I don't – that's weird. I took it, like, originally I took it very hurtfully because, like, down and deep, like, yeah, I come off like as an asshole, but down deep, I'm like, I want everybody to kind of like me. <laughs> but um, after, like – all right, so I was trained at Creator Pro by Kurt Hawkins mm. and Pat Buck. Um, and after the first, so when he first told me when we were leading up to the very first show we were doing, I was working Max Caster and he's like, well, you're, you're the heel. Like, I'm sorry. I can't make you a baby face. You are going to come to that curtain and people are going to boo you because just your face, you just have a very hateable face. At first I took it like offensively, but then like I thought about it and I was like, I mean, I guess. (laughs) And then. And then I started really getting into it. I was like, you know, you know something. <laughs> you might be onto something there. And then I, the whole thing when we put it all together, I was like, yeah. And then, oh, but then the day of the show happens. And this is the kicker. The day of the show happens, Caster comes out first. He comes out to Kanye West. He gets booed. Oh, God. <laughs> I come through the curtain. And I didn't know what my music was going to be because Brian was like, I have your music. You're not going to know what it is until the day of. So, because it was a rib. And then it hit and it's Britney Spears, the baby one more time. (laughs) So I, the curtain, so like, I feel, I hear the music. I'm like, I look back at him because he's in the back and I was like, fuck you. (laughs) And I walk and then I do the thing through the curtain and I got cheered. And I was like, fuck, I was tempted. I was like, oh, my God, I got cheered. Like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) I I was like, Brian, you told me I was going to get booed. (laughs) And then we get to the ring, and I'm like, I'm tempted to call an audible to actually, like, switch the roles right now. They want to cheer me. We might as well just go this way. Uh, But it didn't happen because then eventually the end of the match is, like, I get my bodyguard gets revealed and I win the match by cheating. So then I got Mm. booed. I didn't get booed, but I didn't get booed until the end. And I did everything I could to get booed. Like, I literally cheated every chance I got. I did small, like, little things. I took arrogance middle, like, in the middle of my heat. I did arrogant poses. And I got, I grabbed the mirror and looked at myself in the mirror and they cheered. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) I couldn't win. And then after the bodyguard got revealed, then I got booed because I used somebody else. Mm. And then I got, and then I was like the top heel there for like a couple shows because I just got over as being a heel for being a little shit. <laughs> no, like that's that's actually really interesting considering like how not like looking at that compared to like the reception you got at, at bbg because like yeah mm-hmm. you you did come across like total babyface at bud versus gore and oh. i but then again like if you're coming like i like to say this like the only person who could come out to britney spears at a queer wrestling show and not be a babyface is russell rogue oh, <laughs> oh let's talk about little miss bitch let's talk about little miss bitch so by the way, so I'm at, I'm set up from the beginning thinking I'm gonna fail. So I'm nervous. I okay, I do get nervous before every match and every show I'm on. It's just because I care. I think like I was talking to Nolan Edward, 
And it's literally because I care. Like, that's why I get nervous even now before every show. So I'm, but I'm double nervous for this one. One, because it's a huge stage. And two, I don't want to make Billy look bad. And then three, I'm a baby face, which I've never been. Never <laughs> been. And so I'm nervous as fuck. And then I hear that Russell wants to come out to Oops, I Did It Again. He's like going to the show. And I look at Billy, I'm like, you have, one of us has got to change the music. Because I already knew I was going to come out to Britney Spears to, to wait baby one more time. Because Billy's like, you'll get a pop off that. You're going to get a pop off that. So people will cheer for that. And then hopefully they'll also cheer for you. I'm like, up to you, thanks. Uh, so <laughs> then I hear that Russell, little Miss Bitch herself, was going to come out to Oops, I Did It Again. I went up to Billy. I tried to big league Billy. I was like, you need to change Russell's music. Only one person in this match can come out to Britney Spears. <laughs> I was like, one. And it's got to be me. I tried to big league. Like, I was trying... I don't ever big league, but I was like, try to work it. I was like, I, I can't. Like, I need, if we're going to get me over as a baby face, I need every advantage I can. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, yeah, I'll change it. The, he didn't change it. <laughs> then Russell, so Russell comes out before me. I, and I'm thinking, okay, Russell's going to have different music. But <laughs> the two hits from ba- Oops, I did it again comes out. I'm like, I look back and I said, Fuck you! I like <laughs> so pissed. So I'm already now I'm nervous because I'm like they already heard a Britney song. What it is that they're gonna ever cheer for another one again? So I'm like, God damn, I'm set up for failure. Uh, so then I come out. Then maybe one more time comes out, and Russell reacted. I didn't see Russell's reaction until I watched the tape back, but Russell reacted so well to it, and then that ended up becoming like our little thing in the match where he was. And I do Britney better. <laughs> uh, and then people pop for that. And I was just like, you know what? It just goes to show, like, I I get the small intricacies of wrestling. I know that thing, like, the moves do not matter. I mean, let me take this back. Moves matter in the correct sequence and in the correct spot. But what you do between that is what really matters and really gets people involved. But for stupid reason, because I'm overthinking because I'm the baby face, I'm like, no one's going to care about this. Like, But then the Britney Spears thing happened, and people were like, oh, my God, Jared Evans and Russell Rowe have to have a match just because they had a, a Britney Spears moment. Exactly. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that thing still that, – that that whole thing still has legs now. Like, I had Russell on, like, back in, like, mm. earlier in the month. and I know. Like, I heard yeah. him talking shit. Exactly. Okay. There you go. <laughs> like, like we still there's still this this ultimate clash coming between Russell Rogue and Jared Evans over Britney Spears. Uh Britney Spears. <laughs> like, if I, I never like thinking back to 2014 when I joined Creator Pro, I never would have thought that Britney Spears and my wrestling career would go hand in hand. I, if you <laughs> I never thought that would happen. Careers take very strange uh, paths. You never know oh, where they're yeah, going to go. No. But, it's, I do want to like hop back real quick to 2014. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you went to Creator Pro. You trained there with um, with Brian Myers and, and Pat Buck. Um, what mm-hmm. led you to to joining the the school there? What led you to actually want to get into pro wrestling? Oh, uh, okay. So now we got to go back to all the way back to like four year old Jared. There you go. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm pretty sure that everybody, almost everybody wrestling says this about them. is like, I've been wanting to be a wrestler since I was uh, so-and-so years old. Like, I've watched this since I was a kid. But you know what? I'm about to keep that mold going because exactly <laughs> what I did. Uh, so my mom and my dad, when 
my my dad was into it first, was into wrestling first, and his his guy was Macho Man. He loved Macho Man Randy Savage. My mom, for all intents, I don't want to give this guy credit, but my mom was a Hulk Hogan mark. Mm-hmm. So she, my dad was he my dad got my mom into it, and then my mom fell in love with Hogan. Uh, she has since denounced Hogan. So, Good to hear. Uh, but you know, back in the eighty late eighties, early nineties, I was born. I was born in the late 80s. Do I want to give away my age? I was born in the late 80s. <laughs> uh, late 80s, early 90s. And so Hogan was like the biggest thing. So she loved Hogan. My dad ended up stopped watching, but my mom kept watching. And I was born a couple of days after a certain WrestleMania. Uh, ah. uh, and so I was born. And then since I, as far back as I can remember, like watching wrestling with my mom, like my my mom's side of the family, like, she had a sister. My mom has a lot of brothers and sisters. But my mom had a sister who was dating a guy who used to always order every single pay-per-view. And he would re- record it and then would give the tapes to us. And we watched. I had tons of, like, the typical, you know, tra- uh, uh, tape trading VHSs. Yes, mm-hmm. VHSs. Now I'm really aging myself. <laughs> um, it's all right. I have, a, I have a VCR, like, under my desk over here. So you're good. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I, that's how I got into wrestling. The first match I remember watching was Ric Flair and Rin, and Randy Savage from WrestleMania Eight. That's like the first match oh, I can wow. like vividly remember. Now I didn't obviously watch it live because it happened in '92 and I was really little then. Uh, but I remember like I guess off the tapes putting it in and like watching it, and that's the first match I remember watching. And I just remember the finish so vividly of like, um, Flair having Savage's leg all bloodied up. Woo! Uh, throws a punch. Uh, Savage blocks it, and Savage rolls up Flair, pulls the tights. Big finish. Elizabeth gets in. Then the whole like Flair getting in in Elizabeth's face, and he kisses her, and then he she slaps him. And I just I just remember all. I still even like I just did the whole thing now. Like I remember it to this day. Like that's the match I remember watching. And I think that just says a lot about Savage and Flair. Because it just it was so memorable, even for like a really young kid. I think I had to be like, from when I watched it, I had to be four or five. Mm. I had to be really young, and so I remember that. But I mean, pretty much people, if they ever watched me or known anything about me, knows I'm a huge Undertaker mark. So like, Undertaker was like my main influence. He was just so different than everybody else in wrestling. Everybody like Savage was loud, and which is ironic because I'm loud. but but like taker was very quiet and very methodical and slow moving and if you watched me then you know that i'm like the opposite of that (laughs) but uh but take if without undertaker there's no jared evans because if i didn't see undertaker i probably wouldn't have stuck watching wrestling so Mm -hmm. undertaker was like my main like was my guy for so long like still is to this day uh is like that wrestler that means the most to me is Undertaker. Cause like I said, without him being there, I wouldn't be watching wrestling. So, but I, so then whatever. So from the age of four or five, I knew I wanted to be wrestling. And every time somebody like growing up doing projects, like I know this is a typical Bailey and Sasha Banks answer. But like every time there was a project, like I said, I was going to be a wrestler. Like I wanted to do wrestling. Like I, I, I want it. Like it's something I'd strive to do. I went and did sports because, wrestlers did other sports to like get their athleticism up i I did so i did football i know i'm five foot five i did football but (laughs) a lot tougher i'm so much more tougher than people really give me credit for uh 
football was like my main sport. I did hockey and mm. I also ran track because I wanted to get my cardio up, even though I hate running. I really hate running. <laughs> but so I did all these sports. I did sports all through high school, middle school, and then I went to college. And then, so I continued watching wrestling. I never gave up. Like, I never gave up on watching wrestling. Like, wrestling was the constant for me, even when it wasn't cool anymore. To, even when it wasn't, you know, so cool to watch it anymore, I watched it. And I didn't give a flying fuck if anybody cared. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I used to, I remember in college, we had to do, oh God, it was some sort of like final project for something. And I did it on WWE. Like, cause I, it had, you had to do like a history of some company or some, something or other. It was something like that. Mm. Cause then, oh, it was like relating companies to using social media, something like that. I can't remember. It was like college and I was on drugs. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I did it on WWE and I got an A on it. And I literally also, what we need to know about me going to school is I did everything the night before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I get A's. My teachers used to hate me because I would literally wait to the last minute. But wrestling was that, was that girl for me. Like every time I had like a bad breakup or if like, Something really shitty was happening in life. I just always had wrestling to go and turn to and watch it. And I understand growing up, like, I think my dad tried to, like, he pulled back the curtain for me when I was young. He was like, oh, it's going to be, like, you know, it's fake, right? My dad tried to, like, probably stop me from watching. And he thought that me telling me it was fake or, I don't like to say fake, predetermined uh, would be, would, like, end it for me. And I said, because I think I remember watching, it was probably Undertaker, and he dropped somebody uh, he did the tombstone and i think finally like in my like seven-year-old head that clicked that you could die from that mm-hmm. and i think i remember saying i was like wait how did he is he dead now and my dad's like no it's fake it's fake uh so you're done watching it now i'm like oh, okay i get it now and then i just kept watching it <laughs> <laughs> like it's so he got so bad i think he got mad like i didn't continue to watch it but yeah so and then i so I grow up and I still want to do wrestling and I go through college because my parents were like, you need to go to college. Uh, I go to college, go to, I get a communications degree. I get a job in TV production. Uh, do I, do I blow up my own spot here? <laughs> Screw it. Whatever. If you want to start booking me because of this, then go ahead. I worked TV production for WWE for two years. Oh. Um, yeah, that's something I don't really tell everybody because like then I feel like either they want something from me or they like, you know, I don't know. Like it just, I don't want that to be like where I'm kind of what defines me kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where I learned like all my little tricks of the trade kind of too. So I learned a lot of TV editing stuff there and I learned a lot about like putting the show together there. And then I did like TV production and I got to talk to talent. So I got to talk to guys like Daniel Bryan and Booker T and the Bellas were all like really helpful. Like they, them and William Regal were the ones who like, I felt confident. I could tell, oh, I, and Zack Ryder, but that's also because like Hawkins eventually was, was like linked in with, with he was linked with Hawkins. Um, so like those were the five who like on the roster who knew I was like wrestling and like doing training because before Creator Pro, I trained somewhere else that I will definitely not say because they don't deserve the credit or any sort of like clout because it's a really crappy place to train and people can get hurt there if they don't know what they're doing and people think that they're a lot better than they really are there. 
and mm. they, people they're not good and they think that they're good and that's why go back to your question now if i did that whole long-winded answer <laughs> that's why i stopped where i was training so i started training in 2013 and i so i don't count that first year even though i kind of learned how to protect myself because that's where i learned like okay you know what these people are dangerous but i'm going to start like really protecting myself and like be careful with how i bump so that's the only thing i'll ever say that that place gave me but 2013 into 2014 happens. I'm working for WWE at the time. And I was like, you know what? In ring, I feel like I suck. <laughs> like, I need to get better. Like, there's got to be some other school to go to. And I got to figure something out because I want to be good at this. Like, if I'm going to have any sort of shot of, like, doing something with wrestling, I have to – I know I suck, so I need to get better. I need to figure out what it is I'm doing that I don't do well. I need to figure this out, and I need to fuck it up. So that's when I found out that Hawkins was opening at the school. He opened up Creator Pro in March of 2014. And so I joined April of 2014. By this time in 2014, I'm already done with WWE. Like I stopped Mm -hmm. working there. So now I'm just like kind of like doing odd jobs and doing minimal like TV production jobs, like here and there taking other jobs. So I have all this free time now and all this money. I did have a good amount of money from unemployment. So like I took the money and I invested it and I did a, I went to, I remember the first day I went, I went with Steve Pena, who is still one of my really good friends in wrestling, who another one who needs to kind of be seen. He's still figuring out like, I think his character ish kind of thing, but in ring, he's so good. And he went to, he's been to Germany. So I'm going to keep plugging my friends. So Steve Pena. There you go. Uh, Yeah. So we went together to go train to go like do a tryout match because if you go to Hawkins' school and you wanted to try out for open ring, he needed to watch you do a match, especially if he didn't know you, to make sure that you were safe and you weren't going to hurt anybody. So we did a match, and he already knew where we were from, so he had already knew the reputation of the place that we were from. He's like, "Oh, these guys are going to fuck each other up, so let's go watch us and make fun of them." So and he told me that that's exactly what he said he was going to do, but then. Me and Pena had did this match. Me and Pena had a match already lined up that we always did with each other because, like, we knew each other like front and back. So we did that match, and Hawkins said, came up to us. He's like, "Okay, that was so much better than I expected. Granted, where you guys are coming from. So if you guys want to do open ring, you're more than willing to." And he told us the price, and he's like, "For this price, though, you can be in the beginners class and train." I was like, "You sold me." So I paid. It was a hundred bucks. It was a hundred bucks. Uh, to join the beginners class and still do open ring so because I was already previously trained but I told him I was like hey look I want to improve like I don't think I'm good I want this like this is what I want to do I want to improve I know I suck there's there's only way I'm going to get better is if I get trained by somebody who knows what they're doing so and that's what I'm saying I'll always say about Hawkins is that him and Pat and even Alex Reynolds who doesn't I don't think gets the credit for training some of the guys that uh at creator pro alex reynolds was also another trainer he trained us those three trained us and they got in the ring with us and did the stuff with us they didn't just mm-hmm. sit on the on the side outside of the ring they trained us themselves so that's one thing i'll always say about brian and pat and alex is that, that that's what they did and that's how we all got good like my feelings with creator pro aside like for the most part everybody there is really solid and good so and I came from that learning tree, even though they want, even though they want to deny it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I joined. That's when I joined in 2014 because, like, I knew I sucked and I wanted to get better. 
so I joined that. So I joined a, another wrestling school that was trained by somebody. And that was the other thing too. Like Hawkins was still at WWE at the time. So I knew that he knew what he was doing as far as like training and he knew wrestling. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting though. I, I mean, obviously, like you said, you don't really broadcast it, but I didn't know that you had worked with WWE production mm-hmm. at all. And it's interesting <laughs> that you kind of took like, what, like the, was the result of that and kind of reinvested in yourself in the way that you did to mm-hmm. like, improve yourself in ring, um, especially at a school like Creator Pro that has um, the kind of pedigree that it does, at least yeah. um, recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was a part, like, so like I said, like, I'm blowing the freaking, I'm blowing, what's the, ugh, I can't think of the cliche anymore now. It, it escapes my brain. But like, I'm blowing the kayfabe right now. Like, I was part of the original group. It was, the original core members of Creator Pro was me, Johnny Clash, Max Caster, those were Ed and uh, another kid by the name of Warren. And then and then Bear Bronson came in like in mm. Ju- June or July of 2014. And then like August, September of 2014, MJF came. So like those were, we were like that core group. Like people came and went, don't get me wrong. People came and went, but the core group was Flash, Caster, me, MJF, Bronson, Warren, and I think I might have forgot one other person that I might have said earlier, but those, that was the core group. Those are the that was the group because we showed up every day to train. We showed up and worked with each other every day. Like I was there. I went from my parents' house, which is outside, um, outside the city. I used to drive to Long Island every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, an hour and a half without traffic. And with traffic, it was like two and a half hours to go train there every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I showed up there every day. I stayed there. I was like one of the first to get there and usually one of the last to leave because I wanted to learn. I wanted to get better. I felt that because this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Now, at what point, like when, once you get into the, the creative pro system, like at what point do you start feeling like you're actually like gaining confidence and, and feeling like you're getting to where you want to be in, in the ring? Mm. Okay, so 2014 from like April is when I started, and then our first show was until February of 2015. It was all training stuff. Like they, we did like little things here and there. Like uh, I think one time Beyond came and did like a little taping there, and then we had like um, excuse me, like Brian's brother is an artist, so like Brian had like um his brother is like display his paintings and then we did a wrestling show in the middle of the art like gallery show or whatever that sounds dope that it was really cool like we had so like we had all had like chances to like but our first show was until february of 2015 Mm. and even up to that point like all right so if we're breaking down the business whatever okay this is where i always ran into trouble because i am the smaller guy and then i was booked as the heel when you think of the heat portion of a segment of a match you it's usually the person the heat is usually when the heel is dominating Mm-hmm. Like, but then you have me, who's like a short heel. Like, how do I dominate someone? I struggled with that. Like, I struggled with staying on an opponent because I wanted to get the heat of like, hey, look, I beat someone up and then and do like, like the natty, yeah, like kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what, nat- like, that's how you wouldn't know when natty's a heel. Like, after she does something and then she goes ahead, she takes that second to go, yeah, and then she gets food. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how I always saw heels work. So that's how I try to do things. And then Brian kept trying to, Brian, Alex and Buck were like, you can't do that. Like you need to stay on them. But I'm like, how are people going to gauge that? Like I'm being an arrogant 
dick if I don't take a second to like relish in it. So like, I struggled so hard for the first like couple like shows to like actually get that down. It didn't click until the blow off with Caster, which ended up being my last career pro show. Mm. So like then it, it kind of clicked. I always was good. Okay, now I wanted to say always. But like when I from when I really started doing creative pro training, I always was good at putting things together and like building up a sequence, especially like from comeback to comeback to finish. Like I could do it. Like I was like, yo, we can take this move and do this like this, and then we can reverse it, come back to it later, do it again. Like there's so I used to make casters head spin when I would say like no, catch me for this, and then we'll throw me this way, because then we're going to go back to it and do it another way. And he used to get, like, Brian understood it. Like, Hawkins and I, like, when Hawkins and I, because he put the first show together, and me and Caster are supposed to be a blow-off. One match, and that was it. And we're going to go to other matches. And I was like, no, why don't we build up a feud here, so that way we do this. So me and Brian worked on the feud with Caster. And so, like, when I will put stuff together, Brian, of course, would be like, maybe we do it like this. Because I had ideas like, okay, the false, like the ending match, this is how it should be like this. So like a lot of the finishes that you saw in those matches, Caster all were from me. Because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we could do this. Like the third match we did after we did a six, so we did a first match, which the bodyguard game revealed was my idea. Then we did the six man, then we did a six man tag and um, Brian came up with that finish. And then we did the third match, the second singles match with me and Caster. That was my finish where I came up with a finish where, like, Raw the bodyguard, who was Raleigh Allen at the time, which I don't want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he got ejected. And then while he's getting ejected, I go into the corner, grab my jacket, pull out handcuffs, and I hit Caster with the handcuffs. And they hit what was my finish at the time, which is, like, the pater that Shelton Benjamin used to do. That was mm-hmm. my finish. I did that. That was my finish. So then I came up with that that way. Because then I led it to the next show when I made Caster run a gauntlet in order to face me again. I was like, well, I beat you twice. Why do I need to face you again? But you know what? I, I like to, I do charity. So you could face me again, but you have to run a gauntlet. So when Caster runs the gauntlet, we do a match that right after it. And then he gets, I get disqualified because the bodyguard comes in and attacks Caster. Then I take the handcuffs again and handcuff him to the rope, and then curb stomp, debut the curb stomp, and I curb stomp it in front of his mom while he's handcuffed. Mm. So I was like, all these have, and then the match, the blow-off match was, now my bodyguard's handcuffed to the ring post. So like, I came up with this like, okay, we're gonna make these handcuffs be a thing throughout the entire feud. Yeah. So like, I feel like nobody really does that stuff anymore, like really like sets, puts in like, sets a seed in, or like, plant a seed to let, let something build up over time. Because that end of the handcuffs I do being is my downfall because then I uncuff I uncuff raw I uncuff uh, the bodyguard, I uncuff him and then he gets in and then he goes to hit Caster the chair. Caster hits him, takes the chair, hits hits the bodyguard, then I grab the chair. I look like I'm about to hit Caster and then Caster ducks, hits and the, he does his finisher, which used to be like a stomp, like a jumping stomp into the face. With mm-hmm. the chair hitting me in the face, with hit the chair hitting me in the face, one, two, three, over. Mm-hmm. So like it all came back. So that's yeah. why I was like, we nobody was doing that. I was like, let's just do that because nobody builds anything in wrestling anymore. It kind of makes me mad. 
No, I, I think that's a, a common complaint for for a lot of um, pro wrestling right now. And like, there's there's some people that that still do it well, but it is a bit of a lost art. I, I'll agree yeah. with you on that. There's so there's a lot of um, booking decisions that make a lot of people scratch their heads. I would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why Billy and I get along so well because we always like plant. We're like, we should plant this seed, and then we can come back and water it later. <laughs> And then sometimes we'll forget that we did that. We're like, oh, yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it just works out like, and and turns into something like, that's a bit magical in that way. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's awesome to hear. Um, so you have your feud with, with Caster, and then you end up leaving Creator Pro. I don't know if, if you feel comfortable getting into the reasons why you end up leaving Creator Pro. Like, we could get... I mean, if people really want to find out about it, I've tweeted about it during the whole, like, speaking out movement uh, or whatever. Like, that wasn't my intention, like, mm-hmm. to come out during, like, a speaking out movement. I, I, like, I wasn't trying to, like, that's another thing. I, like, I wasn't trying to take away from anything, but we were all, like, it seemed like, yeah, the sexual assault was, like, the main proponent of speaking out. But also people were talking about being bullied in the business and stuff like that. So I've been holding on to that for, at the time, like, five years not really yeah. laying like every, so i was like you know what if I, I just need to get it out there and get it off my chest i need it off my back i need the monkey off my back so i was like you know what let me just talk about it and i said it so if people want to like talk find out about it just you can, like the extra specifics of everything i'll talk briefly about it but like the specifics are on my page out there for the world to know and like it's on a notes app <laughs> so like you can read it all you want every fact I, that I presented, I can back up because I have, re- I keep receipts. Um, but basically what happens was me and MJF had, we always had a weird heat, not heat thing where like we liked each other certain days. We didn't like each other other days. Eventually it just grew up to be like, it was definitely underlined in jealousy from both of us. And like, mm-hmm. like we were both. So what I also think it came down to is like, we we're both the heels in Korea Pro. We we're both about the same size. I mean, granted, he was a lot muscular than me, but like we're both roughly the same size. We're both kind of almost doing the same kind of gimmick, so like there was naturally just gonna be a rivalry with us. I feel like, and I was going through a depression at the time, so I wasn't like mentally all there. So like that played a factor. Like I don't want to blame anything, or right, whatever. But like facts are what they are. So I took some like we always just like everybody in the creative pro group used to tease each other. I ended up. MJF used to say, said some things that were like, I think took it to another level, in my opinion, took it to another level. And I took it personally, but I used to just bottle it up. And then finally one day I snapped and then I said something really, I said some really messed up things to him. And then I got kind of like kicked out of Creative Pro for it. And then other shit happened. And just like, so it's what it is, what it is. And I got whatever out of it. And that's when I kind of was like going down a dark period. And I still wanted to wrestle, but I felt like because people, they started talking because, you know, whatever, wrestling is wrestling, people talk about each other. So I felt like I wasn't getting booked or used at all because, and people didn't want to use me because they probably heard what happened with me and MJF and including Caster because Caster got involved in it. So it's like, things, there was a thing, uh, there was a rip to just talk about that really quickly. So I'm not, it doesn't seem like I'm trying to gloss over it and like try to ignore it. There was a rib with Caster that happened right after this thing that me and MJF did. Was it will was it ill timed on my opinion in on my part? Yes, it was ill timed, considering what happened with MJF just previously weeks before. But I did a rib on Caster 
and people want to construe it however they want it i never had any sort of feelings for caster never was like into caster like that because they it was like basically a tinder like catfish but i was a rib because he was ribbing girls on the catfish app on the tinder too so i was like oh well now i'm gonna rib you on it because i thought it was funny and i mean if people look at it at it like that it's definitely funny because i ribbed it i ribbed the river so but then it got blown out of proportion because then people like mjf and raleigh allen at career pro made it bigger and said that i had a crush on caster which could it be further from the truth so they made it something completely different than it really was mm. so that's when that kind of that's how that got blown out of proportion so i i didn't mean to go into it completely but i kind of did um i also didn't want to look like i also don't if people are listening to this i don't want them to think like oh you're just you're glossing over things and like you're trying to ignore it and like make yourself look like the victim um i will personally admit that i said some fucked up shit like i take accountability that's the only thing too like i feel like people want uh, people who think that they know the situation don't know that i took accountability way more times than anybody will ever ever give say will ever give me credit for because i always say like look i'm sorry that i said this that's how i usually always start like look i know i fucked up here this that and this yeah. so whatever so after that i felt like i wasn't getting booked but i did end up working for a promotion called ace which is out in new jersey and that's how i ended up working with sunny and wow. that was one and sunny doesn't need me to blow smoke up his big ass but <laughs> like that's where like i felt so confident in myself because sunny will okay if we had sunny on the line now Mm-hmm. Sonny would be like, Jared really helped me. And, but I don't think I've ever told him and I wish I had. I think I had, but I don't know. I don't really remember. But like, Sonny helped me because I became so much more confident in myself, especially after what happened with like Career Pro and like whatever, that Sonny gave me like a confidence that I was like, I could still wrestle and still work. And like, I could still like, I could still be here because that feud with Sonny got like, I got like a good amount of like, like views like Mm -hmm. people in the area definitely knew about it and it was really cool and so the thing was we wrestled and i kind of called out sunny like that oh you know sunny gets opportunities because he shakes his ass what about me it was being bitter i was just being me bitter jared i was like you know what let's just play into it people think i'm bitter let's play into it i'm bitter so then we had a first match and sunny beats me by the skin of his teeth like he rolls me up or something like that it was like a roll up but, like, the entire match, I'm beating the crap out of Sonny. And, like, this is – I'm never going to take credit for, like, what Sonny has accomplished. But I feel like Sonny changed gears with the feud with me a little bit because then it showed that he can – I don't think anybody ever pushed Sonny to, like, be more violent or be – up to that point at least. Mm-hmm. No, everybody was down to do the whole – do a Sonny match, do a Sonny kiss match, do the Sonny kiss spot and get over and get out. But I was like, why don't we just show that you could do something different? Why don't we show that you can be more violent and you can be like a threat for the black for a better term. That was like the feud where Sonny was like, we were on each other. Like it's snug as fuck. If you, I wish the matches were available. I wish like I had the footage, I would put it up because those matches were good. Those matches were really good. It was just us just stiffing the hell out of each other. Like mm. just stiffing. Like he, I don't think anybody ever did this at this point. And I, you know what? I'm gonna hold that because if I ever wrestle Sunny again, I'm gonna do that spot. So I'm not gonna put that <laughs> there. But I beat the shit out of Sunny, and Sunny beat the shit out of me too. So let's not get it twisted. Sunny's stiff. Oh yeah. Sunny, Sunny is snug. 
but he always trusted me. I always trusted him. So that's something that I've always wanted to capitalize. I want to like capitalize on too. I would love to work Sunny again. Like point blank, I want to work Sunny again, especially because we've both grown now. We're totally different, and we're way more comfortable in ourselves. And I feel that that's a match that I would love to have again and just show that I can like, hey, look, uh, I pulled something out, something different in Sunny that no one really has. The only person I've seen maybe pull something out like that was Cassandro. Mm. And yeah. Like other, I mean, obviously other people like AEW, but I feel like if we're going to be, you know, telling truth here, like I feel like Sonny doesn't get the, the enough that he should or she should at, at, uh, AW, at AEW because mm. Sonny is so talented and he's so good. And he gets, a, it's so easy. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just so easy. Like, it's there. He's there. Like, it, it, he's an automatic, quintessential babyface. People are gonna cheer him no matter what. He walks through the curtain, gets a reaction every time I work Sunny. I knew I was gonna get a reaction. I was like, I don't even need to give you a shine because your shine is your entrance. Because people are just gonna cheer you regardless. No, I'm I'm right there with you uh, when it comes to, when it comes to Sunny, and it's it's interesting to hear that like working Sunny was kind of what helped you kind of rebuild your confidence in in that way, like not just in terms of like showing a different side of both of you in the ring, but also it seems like it kind of really helped you realize that you still kind of had a place in the business in a, in a way. Am I am I on the right yeah. track there? Or? Oh, you a hundred percent. Okay. Because okay. when all right, so the uh, the promoter of american championship entertainment ace his name is mike morgan nice guy like thank you but if you're somehow listening thank you mike for giving me the opportunities when no one else would so thank you but he also wasn't a fan of maybe me versus sunny like mm. when we originally pitched it when we really pitched it he was like i don't know about it i don't know about it and then finally he was like you know what just fine let's just do it whatever <laughs> he's like fine let's just do it <laughs> and he was like fine and then it got like all right, so then Sonny beats me the first match. Then we do a thing which, oh, I love this little. This is like one of the best backstage segments I think I've ever done. Was like Sonny is leaving training with like a few people, and I attack him and just go at him. Just it's snug, it's stiff. Mm. I'm picking him. Like there's one time where I think I kicked him really hard, and as you see me pick him up, I go, "I'm sorry," and I throw him into the chairs, and then I just beat him up. And I remember that kind of went like. Somewhat viral. I don't want to give myself. I don't like giving myself all this credit. Like I, like I said, I don't really like talking about that stuff. So me talking about myself really is weird. <laughs> but uh, it went like viral because I remember. And the only reason why I know this kind of went like somewhat viral is because I was on the, I was on the su- on the train, the subway, as people who's not from New York would say, subway. I was on the train, and people, somebody was staring at me, and I'm like, what the hell are you staring at me for? What are you doing? Why is he staring at me? Oh God, like. <laughs> I'm a born and raised New Yorker, so I'm like, oh, this I want to fight. I'm like, ready. I'm like, all right, let me grab my knife real quick. I'm like, okay, somebody wants to fight. He goes like, yo, why'd you have to beat up Sonny? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, really? And then in my head, so like the first thing came out, I say the character was like, I'll beat up Sonny any day of the week. You pissed about why I did to Sonny then? Oh, I'll do it again. Shut your mouth. So I said that in the middle of a crowded subway car. And but in my head, I'm like, really, this got like this got somewhere like in the back of my head like really like i can't believe this oh no it's just amazing to hear like that that this that like that 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 moment kind of like (laughs) translated outside of 
the wrestling world in that way for you. I was just like, what? I got recognized as the guy that beat up Sunny Kiss, and <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, then we had a few like, bit, like multi-man matches in between, and I remember one where I was in. Oh no, he did. He wasn't in this match, but I was coming out to do a multi-man match, and he attacked me from behind during my entrance. And we feuded to the back, and he jumped and did like a Undertaker Brock Lesnar dive off the steps in the back of the the dressing room, and like I was like, oh, we're on to something. Like it showed, like it was such a really like good feud. Like it was a for that year, especially because a lot of the people who were getting like the feuds was like Stockade, and so like he was get they were because he was a champion or whatever. But like. That was something I'm very, I'm always gonna be proud of, and if I think if you ever called up Sonny and asked him, he would say like, yeah, that feud with Jared was like really good. It was like one of my favorites because it was gave it ch- a chance. Also, like it gave me my confidence, but it also gave Sonny a chance to show a different side of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's always valuable um, for any wrestler to be able to kind of diversify themselves in that way to like show different sides to have different co- styles of matches. Like it's always yeah. it's always a good thing. I'm so mad that I kind of got cut short because so then we did another match and I beat him and then we were supposed to have another blow off and before the blow off we're supposed to have like a contract signing or whatever where they're going to be like you guys can't touch each other like if you touch each other you're both out so you have to sign this contract don't touch each other and then eventually it's supposed to be like Sonny we were actually going to hit on an issue that was that nowadays like yeah wrestling has become so progressive like I don't want to say so progressive but it's become progressive it's it's uh, it's moving in the right direction. It's going in the right direction, exactly. Yeah. So like, but in twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, right? Yeah, because thing with Yeah, twenty sixteen, like right, like Sonny was like one of the few open gay wrestlers, and like gay wrestling wasn't really like going anywhere, you know. So we were gonna hit on this, and I obviously cleared it with everybody. And whatever. So we were going to have the contract signing. Sonny was going to just grab the mic and be like, look, I just need to know, why do you hate me so much? Wh- what is it about me? Like, why do you hate me? And is it because he was going to say legitimately, I think for the first time, he's like, is it because I'm gay? Or whatever, out there. And now this sounds really bad now, given the culture that we're in. So let's just sort of backtrack to 2016. Like, and also think that I'm also the heel. Okay. So like, I want to put this in context. Because also, I also want to put this out there. I'm also, well, I'll say it afterwards so that people understand. I was going to say, are you kidding me? It's 2016, Sonny. I'm not a heathen. I don't hate you because you're gay. Like, I, come on. Like, it's not because you're gay. It's because you're black. That, now, <laughs> this was because there was a storyline also going on with, like, a Southern group. They were, mm-hmm. like, Confederates. So, obviously, nowadays, would never do that storyline. Never yeah. do that storyline. Like, completely so off-color. 2016 was kind of like a different animal. Like, was racism rapid? Of course. But, like, in New Jersey, in, like, this kind of setting, with these kind of players, also me being biracial, I'm also, like, Puerto Rican, and I'm Puerto Rican, and my dad's Italian and Russian and all this stuff. But, like, so I am myself, like, also, like, some sort of minor, like a minority as well. So, like, that's what also was my thinking, too. Like, I would definitely not feel comfortable doing this. But also, the thing was also that Sonny was going to get the win. So, like, mm-hmm. Sonny was going to – like, the thing was not to get over racism. It was, like, to get a reaction, get Sonny pissed, get Sonny to almost attack me, then the match happens, and then he beats me. And, like, within it, like, 
I was going to do like everything possible to like really get it over, like show a diff, a really different side of work, a vicious, angry side of Sunny. I was going to get, I wanted to gig. So like, I wanted to get my ass kicked. So that was the thing. Like, again, now if we did that, I would not do that in this day and age because that's not the topic to go to. Mm-hmm. But in 2016, like, it would have got a huge, like, oh, oh, this is getting real. Also, I feel also that wrestling needs to hit on these real topics, too. We shouldn't be celebrating it, but we need to bring it forward that these things happen. Yeah. Kind of I mean, we've seen that, like, in, in, in a lot of places. Like, I, I, I know I go back to this match a lot, but, like, you know, Billy and Effie, um, mm-hmm. the big gay street fight, you know, the whole the whole talk about, you know, white privilege within the queer community and, you know, black queer erasure, black trans erasure, that sort of stuff. Like you can hit these topics and these points and shed light on the issues that need to have the light shed on them in a way. And, and pro wrestling shouldn't shy away from that, but it has to be done in mm-hmm. a, a non-exploitative way, in a, in a way that actually like starts a conversation as opposed yeah. to just capitalizes on a situation. Like the worst example of this was like when Booker T like did the thing with WrestleMania 19 with Triple H and Triple H went over. That's, yeah. That was bad. Like that was bad. So that's where I was like, we, if we're going to do this, like granted also, I was really young at the time too. Like I was really young about things. It's like, I have grown up now. Like, so I obviously would never do that now. I don't even think Sonny, we, Sonny would definitely not do that. And that's fine. Like I'd never want to do a storyline like that, but 20, that's what we were thinking. Like 2016 and just like the reaction of like, not because you're gay kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, like, hopefully this doesn't get me canceled. <laughs> so, like, but, yeah, that was, yeah. like I said, it's, it's not something I would do today. And mm-hmm. so, especially because, like, also, like, I mean, I'm the most on, like, I know people say, like, you can't say that you're not racist. Because if you say you're not racist, then you're racist. It's like, but you do you know who I hang around with? Like, my two best friends in wrestling are Billy Dixon and Ashton Starr. <laughs> I like Ashton. Billy lives with me for like months. So it's like obviously mm-hmm. not. Uh, but yeah, so in 2016 happened. I did the thing with Sonny, and that was really good. And that's where I kind of like after that though is like I got I had another downward turn there. So like at this point, like um, you're working with Sonny. Had you been like out in any way um, at to that point, like within wrestling? No, I didn't okay. tell anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, like, so if we're going to be honest, like, I think it's, yeah, I don't know if it was in the article or not, but definitely only one of your questions you asked me. I'm out to people who, I, all right, so I'm out to people who I know and know me closely. Like, I had to come out and tell my best friend. That was really the hardest one I had to do. Because uh, me and my best, like, everybody, like, throughout high school makes those jokes and stuff like that. So, and then even now, like, we still make jokes and stuff like that. But, like, so I just, if I came out, I was like, if I would have came out to him as bi, like, is that going to change my dynamic with, like, my best friend of 20 years? Like, is this going to change? Like, that was my biggest, like, concern about it. And I was nervous. So I didn't want to do that. And I kind of held off for a while. And eventually I was like, you know what, I just got to talk to him and talk about it. And he's like, dude, I kind of already knew, but, like, I'm glad that you told me. So, like, nothing, nothing's changed. We're, like, he's, I'm still, like, the uncle to his little one-and-a-half-year-old son. So, like, that was like my biggest thing is like I was I didn't care about anybody who anybody else really I just cared about like my best friend that's really the one I care about like everybody else that I had to like tell like by the way also like I don't feel like I need to broadcast my business kind of thing when people kind of sh- like want to like 
don't know if this is a word, but outshame me for like, you don't really go out and tell everybody that you're bi. I'm like, well, it's not really anybody's like kind of business what I do and do not do. Like if it comes down to it, people are going to ask me straight up or whatever. Like it'll be like, yeah, I'm bisexual, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. it's not a big deal for me. It's not a big deal. But just like for people to just be like, you're not being this out like LGBT member and like, you know, and going woo wah ha ha. Like, like, well, that's just, if you know me, then you know, that's not really me. Like, I don't really just, I don't base my life on my sexuality. I don't base my life on like really anything. Like, I'm just me. So to me, for me to put a stamp, like I'm a bisexual wrestler. I'm a, I'm a short guy wrestler. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's not, I, this sounds really bad, but like, I'm not trying to say that it defines me. It's a part of me. And it's a part of who I am. But, and if people want to label me as bisexual, as a bisexual wrestler, go ahead. That's, if that's what you see me as, fine. That's your perception of me. That's okay. Like I am, I like to say like, I'm kind of like a chameleon. Like I am, like, I'm a nasty heel. I'm a, like a, bite, never say die baby face. I'm a bisexual wrestler. I'm this, like, go ahead, go ahead. It doesn't mm-hmm. faze me. No, I mean, I, I understand like the, the, the sentiment there like obviously you know i think a number of people that even are like very out and open don't want to singularly be defined by their sexuality or their gender identity in that way you know i think that's why mm. you have so many like people in pro wrestling that are part of the community that don't make that like a huge big thing that they broadcast you know mm. but at the same time like it's still part of you and it still like enables you to provide like a a form of representation to other people that that are exactly. that that know that, and the also allows you to like integrate that stuff into um, things that that you want to do whenever you, they need to be. You know, like you don't always have to be like, like you don't have to be like the bisexual wrestler Jared Evans. You know, yeah, like you're just you're just Jared Evans, and and you are bi, and whenever that comes up, it comes up. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's I completely understand that sentiment. Like not not everybody's uh, gonna not everybody's gonna be Effie. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one one Effie is enough. One Effie is more than enough. More than enough. And I know if he's somehow listening, I said it. I said it. One of you is enough. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, this is where I kind of double dip too, because this is this is the only thing I don't like people who use the community as a way to get over and say that like I'm a gay wrestler and then the minute like they kind of get what they wanted to go they kind of stop and they mm-hmm. stop mentioning it it's like well i like that's where i feel like and people wanted to come at me for because i call i called certain people out because you know whatever uh i called some people out and people wanted to get on me about it. i'm like well uh you like how can you judge that i'm like well i never have put myself on that platform where i'm like i'm representing the community and i'm gonna do this for the, like i never put myself on that pedestal to say that now look like if some young kid is looking and watch somehow watch somehow watching me wrestle <laughs> somehow um and they see me and they're like oh my god i want to be like jared evans which by the way pick somebody up um i want to be like jared he's he's i identify with him because he's a bisexual then go ahead because uh, i'm a bisexual wrestler then go ahead like yes like i don't mind being that role model too if that's what you see and that's what reg- registers with you like that makes you identify yourself with me. That's fine. Like I'm not saying that I'm shunning the community at all. That's not my intent. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I've never like used the community to like get myself over. 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's where I feel like some differences apply. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. Like, yeah, like I think that that's been a frustration at times with with plenty of people in in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, I was on the brunch. Like, hello. I mean, if it wasn't <laughs> obvious that I'm some sort of I'm, I'm some sort of like community member, like I'm some part of the community. If I, me being on the brunch wasn't ob- like it doesn't make it obvious. I don't know how else to explain it to you. I mean, God, I was in the twin gauntlet. Like, what else do you want from me? I do want to talk to you about the twin oh, gauntlet yeah, yeah. because, like, that honestly, that was my favorite match on the card that night, that day. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely adored that match. Um, but before we get there, I did want to ask you um, about the polyam party, about okay, your, yeah. about the match with Billy Dixon. Because one, I was glad that you reached out afterwards and told me that your knees were okay. Okay, <laughs> because like that spot with the door just looked brutal as all hell. Yeah. Um, but but overall, like that match, like they're like like I told you before we started recording, like I've talked to like multiple people coming out of that show, and like they like that match has got nothing but rave reviews. Talk to me a little bit about like what into what what went into that match with with Billy, that big street fight there. Um. Well, everybody knows, and if you don't know, I'm blowing the freaking cave again. Billy and I are best friends. So, at, we really just bonded, like, a couple years ago at another promotion that we don't like to give credit to. Uh, so, but we we met there. Honestly, when we first met, we hated each other. Or at least I felt he hated me. Mm. And so, we just kind of bonded off. But then we got to really know each other. And I felt, because Billy, Billy and I love you, he knows that sometimes he could be opinionated about some things. But that's not to say he can't change his ways and, like, change a way of thinking. But, like, once you usually think something, it's, like, that's it. And then, like, you have to talk to him, and he'll probably – and he'll end up feeling how you felt about certain things. So, like, the big thing was, like, why haven't you come out as, like, bye? Like, why are you kind of still, in a, like, half in a closet? I'm, like, well, I just don't – now he understands, like, like, I'm not that I'm in a closet. I just don't go broadcasting my business. Now he gets, like, okay, well, I understand where you're coming from with that. Like, you're, you're – it's not, it's not like I'm shunning. So, it's like the whole conversation we kind of had before. So, now he gets that. Mm-hmm. But so me, me and Billy have been friends for Billy and I. Let me use correct English. Have you have been friends for that long? For like two years, going on three, and we've had matches with each other, but we never like got a chance to really work. And we've always wanted to have a feud. And we were supposed to like now. I guess we could say this, but we were supposed to have a feud at a, a now defunct promotion that did Butch versus Gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was gonna be. I will say this, and I'll say this about that. The feud with Billy that we had planned for prime time would have got Billy would have got Billy over even more, and then it would have got me over, and I think I would have. It's just it's still typical. The minute I start to get over, something happens and cuts me at the legs. Like it just it's the story of my life. Because uh, the feud we had was just like chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Because we're putting it together. It was Billy, uh, the promoter at the time of prime time was giving us pretty much free range to kind of be like do what you want to do Mm. and so like when you get two people like billy and i who have like i'll say this about myself i have a a decent mind for wrestling so when especially billy like dusty Rhodes, hello like dusty Rhodes, like him and i want to see him and dusty in a room together i would have loved to see that Mm. because the mind the mind of billy dixon just worked in mysterious ways so the two of us together collaborating on a feud would have been just like, oh my god, nobody was ready. Nobody was ready. 
anyway, so we wanted to have a match. We wanted to have a, a main ma- a main event ma- level match together. And I hit up MB Young, who was in the scramble. And I was like, hey, so when uh, do we have heat? Do, do we have heat? Because, you know, you have these poly call parties and you're not booking me on them. <laughs> like literally that's how I got that's how I got on the poly call party was I hit him up I was like hey are we uh do we have heat because I want to know why you don't want to book me <laughs> like no you're on it okay he's like fine you know what now you're on it <laughs> so now you're on Pittsburgh I'm like all right cool and then it worked ended up working where it's like you're gonna wrestle Billy and it's gonna be a street fight I'm like oh okay no context <laughs> we just have a street fight okay no worries then I find out we're the last match Mm. I'm like, okay. Like, I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, me in a main event match? Like, I haven't been in a main event match since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> um, who wants to see me at the end of the show? God. Um, so we, but of course, Billy and I, best friends, so like, we, we already knew what we wanted to do. There's a lot of diva shout outs in that match. Oh, yeah. There's so many divas shout out. Billy is such a diva mark. And like, yeah, okay, I enjoy a good women's match here and there. But like, it was a Billy, like, we were just like, let's go out there and have fun with it. And like, just do a lot of shout outs to people. Like, let's just do a bunch of shout outs too. Like, say, screw it. But it also was a chance for us. I think it showed, I mean, Billy Dixon has so many levels to himself. So, but to bring out another side of him, like, oh, this is his best friend. So if this is what he's, Billy Dixon's going to be willing to do to his best friend, what is he gonna do to other people? And then it also gives people to see a different to see me, period. Cause like I'm sorry, like I'm being a realist. Like who does not a lot of people know who I am. So to be on a show and be in a match with somebody who one I respect, I love, and ha and can has the mind that I respect. And then also has some some sort of has a following, let's be honest. Like Billy has a following. So like people are gonna watch that match just because it's Billy and they're gonna be like, Oh look. Like, okay, like, Billy was really good, but Jared was, that was interesting. Like, like he's good. Like, I've never seen it before. I want to see more kind of thing, hopefully. So, we did this match, and we literally, I had it, okay. Billy contributed, of course, but <laughs> I was putting the spots together. <laughs> and so, I'm going to blow Billy's spot up right now, though. And Billy, I love you. But, so, <laughs> Billy's biggest joke it's that he gets blown up in the middle of a match. <laughs> so, like, we're getting to the point where, like, we're starting to do the falsies, and we get to the point where I'm going to do the the Trish Stratus Stratus faction off the ropes and into the chairs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm setting up the chairs, and he's like, kick me. He's like, I got to get my win back. I'm like, all right. And so I kick him, and then I'm setting up the chairs, and he starts setting up. He's like, okay, I got my second one. I'm like, good, Stratus faction. And I go ahead, and we're going right into it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i got my second one i'm like good next spot so yeah so we just put that together and then of course the table spot is just infamous now it's yeah. infamous <laughs> uh i like to say famous it's infamous uh i think everybody knows what we were going for so yeah um it was just a it's just happened like shit happened I was I okay? Because me, I to say that I'm like AJ, where I get AJ Styles, where I get really upset when something doesn't go according to plan. I get I'm such a control freak. Like ask Mac, all right, ask AC Mac, ask MV uh, ask MV Young, ask Billy Dixon. I'm a control freak when it comes to like how my matches are planned or put together or whatever. So I have 
such a control freak. It's so bad. I need to like lay off a little bit. <laughs> but so like, when the one thing goes wrong, I get really angry and I get really upset. And I'm like, damn, that really sucked. So I had, it took me a minute. I watched it a few times back. It took me a while to watch it back a few times to be like, you know what? That happened. It happened. But the match is good. And what helped it was like that I sold the knees afterwards. If I would have just like, like pretend like that didn't happen, like that would have just completely shit on the match. And I don't think people would be talking about as much of it as they are now. So. Mm-hmm. But I no, really but- love that match. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I love the match too, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I like, I no, know, really. like, obviously, like, you could tell, like, what was, what the, what was planned there, but like, I think, like, even though, like, it went the way that it did, it still was very, very effective, because like that was still mm-hmm. a very brutal spot, like, regardless of like whether it was the knee impact or you actually hit the glam slam, off out of mm-hmm. that like like either way it would it would have been as impactful i think and like i in that way i don't think many people like realized that it was a quote-unquote mess up you know like it still mm-hmm. was very it still landed with a lot of people like that was one of i'd say probably one of the most talked about spots coming out of that match obviously the glam slam would have been iconic but me going through it knees versus iconic <laughs> exactly uh. <laughs> Uh, but everybody needs to know my knees are fine. I'm heavily padded. Like I'm heavily padded. Like my knees are good. Like solid. Like probably when I'm 40, 50, I'll probably have knee problems. But like I'm good. I'm so I wear like two knee pads. I'm good. Nice. Good to it's very so. good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um and obviously yeah. coming out of that, like you were able to get um into the twink gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Um, on the big gay brunch talk to me about that experience like just one like being at like at a show like the big gay brunch like obviously you were at mm-hmm. butch versus score another like big celebration for lgbtq pro wrestling um but then like you have the big gay brunch which is like tied into the collective and gcw and has this completely different sort of like maybe not completely different but definitely serving a different audience in a way um like what was that experience like for you it's definitely like a different vibe and yeah. it was definitely like you're defecating into a new audience because these are most likely than not GCW people. So like GCW fans, so they don't know, they definitely didn't know who the fuck I was. Um, I don't, all right. So if we're going to be honest, and I told, I was kind of nervous about being in a twink gauntlet because I felt like, let's be honest, let's call it space Bay here. Like, I've been wrestling for like a little while now and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get like exposure doing this. And it's like, am I going to fly out to Indianapolis and am I going to like, like actually get a chance to like kind of sort of shine, like show anything. And uh, so I was nervous about doing it. And then like, we kind of worked into that because then I got with, Effie and I are cool and we're friends, like really cool friends, like really good friends or at least as good as your friends you can be with Effie um so I hit him up and I was like when are you gonna announce me and he's like uh and I, like he's like don't worry it's coming it's coming never did but we kind of worked that into it because then I wanted to be, like I wanted to promote it so like, I was like I want to just promote it like whatever I'll cut I want to cut a promo on it so I cut a promo and whatever and it didn't like, I kind of, like, I, but then what, I kind of worked myself into it because it somehow, like, ended up having, like, a thing with Taro because, like, I kind of called him out. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, okay, we're going to work into this. And then I just talked to Taylor. He's like, all right, come on Monday Night Raw, and we're going to, like, promote it or whatever. He's like, I got you for a spot on Monday Night Raw. Like, come on, we'll do this. I was like, okay, so, but like, what's the agenda? Like, again, the control freak in me. He's like, what's the agenda? What do you want from me? Like, how do you want this to go? Like, I don't mind lead, get, following your lead on what you're doing, but I need, like, give me a direction. He's like, well, you're going to be the baby, the, the angry baby face that, like, does, feels like this is, like, you're not getting your chance or whatever. I'm like, oh, so you just want to book me as me. Got it. All right. Uh, <laughs> so get on there and we start doing the thing. We're kind of rolling. It was like, okay, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm trying to work on my promos better. Because again, like, I lost the step as far as like, because I don't have a character. I'm trying to figure out more of a character. I'm trying to be myself dialed up to 100 and get a character and be more kind of character wise. So that Abel was able to play into it with him. So I did go on there. I started to be like the angry, frustrated, like, this is BS. Like, you're putting me in this gauntlet. Like, why is Paro in it? He's not a twink. I'm not a twink. Do I look like a skinny, prepubescent boy? No. Like, why am I here? And so we did that. And then I was like, screw it. I'm just going to get everybody's attention. And I went ahead and I went on Instagram. <laughs> and I took the time to get everybody's little, like, graphic. I put an X over all their faces. <laughs> and so we did that and we get there for the show and power uh, so we're all talking about it and then i find out that like effie's like okay talk to paro because paro's gonna be kind of in charge of the twink gauntlet so i'm talking to paro and paro's like well you're kind of gonna be the heel i'm like wait we just did this whole thing where i'm like the baby face <laughs> now you want me to be the heel okay because then actually the only thing i found about it was like because jimmy lloyd came up to me and it was like, you're eliminating me. I'm like, wait, what? That wasn't the thing that I heard, but okay. And then, like, so things changed on the drop of a hat. And so, whatever. It is what it is. It happened. What happened? Did I come off heelish? Yeah. But I think my frustration of, like, what my, I guess what is kind of being my character now is a frustrated baby face slash and be booked as a heel uh, is kind of playing, coming to form in that match where, like, and again, this is the story of Jared Evans's career. I eliminate two people when I can't talk about the other one I eliminated. Yeah. I had so much more with him than I did Jimmy Lloyd. And I'm just like, oh, story of my life. I kind of get something. And he gets like, no, I can't even tell him. Hmm. It's so frustrating. It was so, it's so frustrating now. Like, I shouldn't, okay, this sound, that sounded really bad because I made it about me. That made, that sounded really bad. So let me take that back. Like, from a performer standpoint, it was really it's really frustrating for me. But it's obviously more it's obviously worse for the the woman who was involved. So yeah. I need to put that in perspective. I don't want to put that more in perspective. But just you know, that aside, which shouldn't be aside. You know, I'm trying to be politically correct here, but as a performer, you know, I it's like my was kind of like a chance for me to shine and now I like uh the one per, one of the people because I was trying to do a Chris Jericho thing out of it where I was like I'd be Jimmy Lloyd and blah, blah, blah in the same damn night. Like, I wanted to keep promoting that because I'm trying to talk to, like, GCW because then, hello, then the money is putting me against Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah. And so, so he could be like, Jimmy Lloyd could be like, shut the hell up. You beat me in a <laughs> So, but yeah, so that, it was, that's the frustrating part now, too. And then, like, in all honesty, this is just me being selfish. I felt that because I promoted it and I had a thing with Tarot, I should have did a little bit more with Taro. 
Mm-hmm. So that was just, that was me. Like, that's just me being a little selfish, whatever. But all in all, I'm grateful for your experience and I'm grateful for Effie for like putting me on it and like thinking of me because I know that there was other talent that wasn't on it and they probably should have also been. But things are what they are. And I'm grateful, like I said, I, I say what I said about it now, but like I'm grateful for experience and grateful for the time because then I also did meet people there too. I got to meet and like mingle and like talk to other promoters and stuff like that. And hopefully like, Things will happen down the line. So I'm grateful for that. And Effie already knows that I cherish it. And that I'm like, if he ever needed me for anything, he knows he can hit me up. So, yeah. And if there's a gay brunch too, just don't put me in the tank cotton either. <laughs> <laughs> because also, like, I'm sorry, Devon's the twink now. Like, Devon is the king of twigs. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, like, I mean, honestly, selfishly, I would have liked it. This is selfish, but like I would like to get down to me and Devon because like I want to work with Devon so bad. There's just so much to do with him, and I think he's such a talented athlete. And I just oh, they just I love Devon. I love him so like I want to work with Devon so bad. There's so many people I want to work with. Like I have a list now. Yeah. Like I want to work with everybody, but there's people on my list. Like everybody's welcome. These are the people who I really want to. Like, I will sell a leg. Okay, maybe not a leg, because I kind of need that if I'm going to do my one move. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't blame you. Like, like Devon, I think, is at the top of a lot of people's lists right now in terms of somebody they want to work with. And it's always good to set goals for yourself um, mm-hmm. in that way, to have, like, that list of people you want to work with. And I would think that you got to work with a few of those people at Paris' Bumping. Because, like, I, I do want to talk about that show coming mm-hmm. up. Yes. Let's, oh, my God. Yes, please. Like Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So obviously another another Billy Dixon joint, um, oh. <laughs> uh, and, and mixing ballroom with pro wrestling in in a way that um, I think is going to come across very very well to audiences of both. Um, you're obviously on on the card in a four way alongside mm-hmm. uh, Eddie McQueen, Corinne <laughs> Mink, and oh. Erica Lee. Oh my God, she keeps crossing paths with me this year. <laughs> I think I've had maybe two matches this year that don't involve Erica. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about Paris is Bumping. Like obviously, like we're, the show is debuting later later today at, at, at when the show comes out on Thursday, the 29th. Um, what do uh, what do you think y'all have in store for the audience that's going to be tuning into this, and and maybe some like personal reflections on on being at the event for yourself. Oh, this has been a long time in the making for Billy. Like mm-hmm. this, so I already said this before about Billy. Like great mind sees things that I can't see. Like I never would have thought you can mix ballroom with wrestling. I mean, granted, let's put it this way: drag queens and like stuff like that is like the second cousin. Is like a second or a first cousin of wrestling. They're just they are very like people who know know that they are they're very related. Like hello, we go by worker names. They go by drag names. Like. It's so many consistent, like, there's so much kayfabe in drag, in drag and there's so much kayfabe in, in ballroom. And so Billy has been talking about this for, I want to say, two to three years. And then the pandemic, he was, had, it, had it all lined up to do it in the summer for lineup with Pride, I believe. And then the pandemic happened. And he was really heartbroken about it. He's living with me at the time. And so we're watching WrestleMania. We watched the Boneyard match. After the Boneyard match happens, he's like, that was amazing. I'm like, 
yeah, that was really good. He's like, I could do Paris with something like this. <laughs> I'm like, all right, now, Miss Dixon, now you pushed it. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to do this? He's, so then he laid it out, and then he started thinking about it and putting everything together. I'm like, this could really, like, in my head, I'm like, this is, this is genius. Like, this could work. And so, like, it comes together, and then we decide. Then he decides it's going to be a a no ring. And I'm like, and he's like, and so obviously you're booked. And then in my head, I'm like, I've never done a no ring. Oh my god, I'm gonna suck at this. Like, <laughs> uh, I immediately go to the negative for me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be bad at this. Um, so we do that, and I just like so the day happens, and just everything's so good. Like, we decorated this this bar out in the middle of nowhere, Maryland. And it just, wait, I don't, I'm not giving away everything because like, I want everybody to check this out because check it out. Like, I, it's something I'm really proud, like, to be a part of. Like, I was really proud of this. This is something that my best friend has worked tooth and nail on, bled, like, sweated for it. it, it this is what he wants. And I think it's, to say that, he will never say it's going to change wrestling, but it definitely is going to help steer wrestling in a different, it definitely is something different for fans like get out of it. especially these times where like we're not having a lot of people at shows but we still want to wrestle and we still want to like perform and we all still love wrestling so it's like what are what how are we going to make this work so that's i it's just i don't know it, it was just magic that day that when we filmed when we, when we filmed that just really magic uh there's a gimmick involved with it like it's just it's it has ingredients it has so it's like gumbo like mm-hmm. there's so many ingredients tossed in and it's just you know, it's things that in gumbo that you don't think are going to work well together and they do and just comes out amazing that's a, it's also like it's like jambalaya that's actually more like apropos so it's just a, i can't explain it anymore. it's just like amazing and it's something that you didn't think was going to work possibly people don't think it's going to work but it really does and it really comes together and just, yeah he's <laughs> Philly's a genius. I don't know how he handled this. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, His I mean, it's, it's, yeah, no, like, it seems like almost any time Billy, like, gets the gears rolling, it's just spinning gold, honestly, in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's what a lot of people um, are kind of expecting coming out of uh, Paris's bumping. Like, it really the shaping up. The card is, is great. The the categories are great. I'll be I'll be open and transparent here. We at LGBT in the Ring are sponsoring one of the categories on the show. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know. I know you know. I just make sure everybody else knows. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, which actually um, was actually interesting because, like, I, I'm curious to, to hear. Like, obviously, we're we're sponsoring Washington Heights, the the lip sync on the show there. Dark side of the daughter. Oh my god. Dark side of the daughter. Category. Yes. Oh, it's so. I think good. Billy came up with that on the fly. Like. I didn't think, I don't know. Okay, so maybe I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit here. Hopefully it doesn't get bad at me. So Larry and Billy, was they were talking or whatever, and I overheard it. And Larry goes, so wait, what's the category for Washington Heights? And I don't think Billy thought of it at the time. And he was like, dark side of the daughter. I'm like, oh. I sat there and I was like, oh, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. I was like, you're gonna do. You're gonna freaking get canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was really good. And 
yeah, Washington Heights, amazing. I met I met her that day, and like so cool, so cool. Yeah. Um. So obviously, like you, your match on the card is is gonna be, I'd say, pretty exciting to say just like how the exactly that that big butterfly belt. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like outside of your own match, like what what really was um a major takeaway for you, like coming out of the taping of the show, and like what do you think is gonna resonate the most with the audience when they tune in later today? I think what they're gonna resonate most is like how different this show is, but yet it's still it's still different, but it still has wrestling, and that it definitely stays true. And people who are fan maybe maybe not fans of wrestling, but maybe I'm hoping that people who like know ballroom will check this show out. And I hope they know that we try to stay true to form and pay homage to classic ballroom. We're not trying to belittle it. I hope people don't take away that we're trying to like belittle it. That's what was a major concern. And we're like maybe hopefully people don't I hope people who are from ballroom don't think that we're trying to like make a joke out of it. Like we're trying to pay homage to it because we actually genuinely like idolize this. Like ballroom is really, it's it's so cool. It really is like it's. I want to say that one of them is one form or the other, but like it's so in the same vein as wrestling, like with the whole judging and it it just works so well. Like people are gonna be shocked to know that like something like ballroom and wrestling can be combined and work so well together. It's just a sight to see. Like that's all I hear. They say it's like a really, it's something to really behold. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to to finally get to see the the end product tonight. Like every, like all the knowing Billy and seeing like the little bits that have been trickling out uh, through the through the through Twitter and social media. Like it's just, I don't even have words right now. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm just stoked to see the end product. Honestly. Yeah, I've seen it. And I want, I have seen it. It's, it might, it's really good. Uh, there is a gimmick attached to it. So like, it's a gimmick that says that it's like, it's a lost tape. So mm-hmm. I want to, like, it's a lost tape. It's like, it's been found. So like, even the fact that Billy made the, his own show a gimmick in itself, like, it was just so good. So I'm like, oh my God. And I watched it. I'm like, this is, this falls, the gimmick, there's a gimmick in it. It makes sense. Like everything flows. Like it just, it's really good. And then like the divas, I I when he when he put me in this match, I was like another multi man match. Uh, <laughs> and then it's just like Eddie McQueen, known him for so long. Corinne, known her for so long. Uh, Erica, I keep intertwining with Erica, so like, <laughs> uh, it's like I think at a I think only two matches this year I've not been have not been with Erica involved somehow. <laughs> But it's really good. Like every match is different, so that's also another thing. So that that helps also make everything flow. Uh, there's a segment in there that is a personal favorite. I, I guess I could say it. It's uh, it, it has to do with Mariah Moreno. Oh. So, yeah, it's really good. And I it was it's great. It's great. It's oh yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I think it comes. I'm trying to remember. I don't want to get too much away. So no, like afterwards, maybe I'll get back with you and be like, see, this is what I was talking about. Yeah. But, oh, 
No, I'm I'm stoked, and I'm now I have like just another little bit to look forward to, like so many other people, like like whether it be like Candy Candy's performance or like Mariah Moreno or like uh, what do you have like Ashton and and Sahara Seven, like even like I I am so excited just to see what what Billy and Darius have cooked up oh. with, with the main event as well. Like it's just <laughs> it's just there's just that... everything on this card. All right, let's talk. Okay, if we have a little bit of time, I want to give some shout outs to some people who I also feel like they need to get their just desserts too. So oh, go for share it. My, I want to share my my spotlight, whatever, however, you know, spotlight I get. Um, so we already talked about my best friend, Billy Dixon. We talked about AC Mack. Let's talk about Ashton Starr and Darius Carter. Ashton Starr, underrated, underappreciated, a wizard in the ring. Love him to death. Probably in my top three with a bullet of people I want to work with. And it's a crime, like, now this is where I'm going to talk about myself a little bit with the two. It is a crying shame that Ashton and I have never been in a ring and never been in a match against or with each other. Mm. I think that's a shame. Like, that is something, Billy likes to say it like this. I want to book, if Billy was like, if I have the book for somewhere, I want to do Gay Bret Hart versus Gay Shawn Michaels. And... <laughs> And I'll let you figure out who's who on that one. Um, <laughs> P.S. Ashton is totally Bret Hart. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Ashton, amazing performer, doesn't get half the credit he should. Like, makes everybody he steps in the ring with look so amazing. And I just want him to, I just want the world for him. Like, he needs more eyes on him so much. Then you got Darius Carter, who's another one who it's a crying goddamn shame that he isn't booked more because he's such a good heel. There's only, at the time, if you would have asked me before I did this face turn, kind of, if you would have asked me who are the two people who can make Jared Evans a face, number one with a bullet would have been Darius Carter. Darius Carter. Darius Carter can make Jared Evans a face because Darius Carter is that fucking good. And he's just, everything he does just, I'm a stickler for, like, making the little things mean something. Darius Carter takes the littlest shit and makes it mean – it's just – I can't even describe it. It's so good. Like, he's so good. I've been in the ring with him before, and it just he's – a, he's, a, he's another wizard. Like, oh, I, I love – like, because now like, – that was years ago. I want to work with Darius again because now, again, we've both grown and gone a different way. So it has something different. Hmm. Hmm. No, I, I second you on both. Like both of those guys, like deserve all all the opportunities that that they haven't gotten and hopefully do get um, coming out of all of this. Um, you know, Ashton. I just like like you. Like I think like you and Ashton have been on the same a lot of the same cards this year, and mm-hmm. y'all have both like shown out like a lot on both of those cards. Like I, I know like one of the more like popular images from, Butch, um, not butcher score, um, the big gay brunch going around was Ashton, um, in the match, <laughs> like mocking Delmi. And, like, oh my God. I marked out. I marked yes. out. It's just, it's like, it's, it's iconic. We've thrown that word around a lot today, but like, yes, like these little oh. moments, like it just speaks. And like, that's not even like a, a morsel of what Ashton is in the ring too. So. No, he's yeah. so good. I, I like I said, we keep intertwining. Like we never are ever like we're in the same shows, but we've never been in the same match together. Like we're always like missing each other, and it's like 
that's a match that I feel like what both of us are going to benefit from. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, everyone, everyone wants to book it, you know. <laughs> uh, but there's so many other people too. Like, I actually, I'm trying to get like, I'm all about sharing the wealth here. So it's like, like people like Trisha Dora, who again, like I've known her for a while. And then she had never, I think this is, this is the biggest compliment for me out of Butch versus Gore. Like, so I really showed up, like one of the biggest compliments was that Lo was like, well, actually I should say this, this is a big compliment. It came from the promoter of primetime. And it really meant something to me at the time it was like, if I would have knew that you got, that would have got that reaction, I would have booked you to win the, the match. Mm. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> and then Angelus Lane comes up to me. She's like, oh my God, like, I didn't know that you, like, you, no, she'd never seen me. I have these people have never seen me work. I'll be mm-hmm. honest, like, who am I? I always say, like, who am I? So it's like, half these people haven't seen me work. So it's not a shock to me when people are like, I mean, it's not a shock, but like, it's not offensive to me when people are like, oh my God, I didn't know, like, like, you're really, you're like, you're actually good. Like, I sometimes, like, I really doubt myself because, like, I say, like, why aren't I getting, like, I go ahead sometimes, I sit around, like, why am I not getting like books more kind of thing like you know every i think every worker has that like that moment a couple moments where they're like why am i not like getting books more like why am i not being used more so i, I kind of get that and i get really caught up, again i get really caught up in my feelings and i do that and so like when angelus comes up to me angelus lane comes up to me and Faye comes up to me and, and even and trisha door which was like such a thing for me she was like like they all come to me like oh my god like it was really good like I was really entertained like I was rooting for you I really thought you were gonna win I really got mad at Mac for the way that he cheated to win that match like they legit got mad at Mac yeah and and then like Trish comes up to me and she's like I want to work with you so bad and I was like this like I said this about people like I want to work with them like I'm so open with like all that but then, like, for somebody to come up to me and say that to me, like, that meant so much. Like, especially, like, Trisha Dora, who is on such a role, who also, again, underappreciated, needs to be way more places, way more. Agreed. Like, like I can't, she, I, people have related her to this a million times. She is, like, Lauren Hill of wrestling. Like, she, there's, she's so special. She's so special. And I don't want to see anybody ruin her. Like, inspirational i think she posted something this past week and she posted a thing about her in japan and i liked it and then i said to her i was like you don't know how much of an inspiration you are and how good you are like you don't know this and then she hit me back up she's like you don't know how much i need to hear that right now and it's like how do you doubt yourself you're so i, I get it but like i get it. i say that like half thinking like i get where you're coming from at the same time it's like do you know who the fuck you are <laughs> like yeah it's like so Trish there's so many like Trish is another one um I already talked about Russell little miss fucking bitch uh Devon uh Billy is like like I said Darius Ashton uh who's another one I want to talk about like I just met this one I just met him uh Nolan Edward really good Mm. like just really good and another one I could see like so when I see that when I see him I see a match with him and it's a different match than anybody could ever think of that they would ever see me in. Cause like he wrestles a totally different way. And I 
no one's really seen me get into a fight. If you watch the, the street fight with Billy, that's the closest anybody's ever really seen me in a fight. But, like, I want to show people, like, I can do different shit. I can do different styles. Like, is my moves going to – are my like, my signature moves going to be in there? Yeah, probably. I'll be honest with you. But, no. <laughs> it's wrestling. But, like, the way – but the way I'm gonna work is different. I get that's one thing I will always say. Like I adapt. I can one way that I might wrestle Billy is that I might wrestle Ashton different. Like I don't necessarily work one style. Like I can brawl. So like if I when I see Nolan and I talk to Nolan, I'm like if anybody ever books us, it's just a straight up fucking fight. So there's that. So like that I see. I want I want that, and then. I already said Trish. There's like so many others. And I really don't want to leave anybody off, but like uh, Matt McCaskey, another one who's so different that I'm like, yep. I just see things like when I watch people and I see them and I'm like, I could do something different with them. Like I could do this with them. I could do, like, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to make it about me. That's not what I'm saying. But I just like, I, they do these things and everybody's so, there's so many good ones out there. So many good workers out there. But it's just like, I want to do something different too. So it's like, I want to, steer them like where they may maybe not think to do that and or go about it that way yeah so but there's so many and then there's <laughs> and then there's the match that i really 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 want and i don't know if anybody's ever gonna book it and it's chris dickinson oh <laughs> and i literally just want it to be a brock lesnar match <laughs> just get thrown around i that makes the most sense it's 10 yes. minutes it's 10 minutes. I already have the way I want to work into the match. Like, I want to do a call him out, like, every week, and he never answers. And it's just like, he's Goldberg. Like, he's Goldberg. <laughs> and then finally, we have a match. It's, I watched Daniel Bryan and Brock, and I was like, that's the match that I would have with tickets in. Shorter, I don't need to go, like, 25 minutes. But I was like, that's the idea. Like, Dickinson beats the shit out of me for however long. Then, because I am, like, I do have this thing about me now where I'm kind of like a do-anything, never-say-die baby face. Or even if you wanted to book me as a heel, Lobo is ass. And then it's like, oh, now we're on an even playing field. And then let it go where it goes. Yeah. But that's the match, like, it's, like, number one with a bullet I kind of want. But, I mean, obviously, nobody's booking me because I'm like, <laughs> who am I? So I need to, like, get myself out there. But I'm trying to, like I said, that's, like, the thing I'm trying to do, like, Especially now, trying to get character, uh, trying to like really, like really hone down and get myself on these drives because that's what's really gonna like make it for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, like, just based off of your your record in twenty twenty alone, like, I'd say you're definitely getting your yourself out there and getting your name out there. And I think more people are gonna know the name Jared Evans coming out of this year. Than you might have anticipated, honestly. I hope so. so. I really do. I'll be crossing my fingers for that Chris Dickinson match because I would, I would pay to see it. I, I'm there. Um, and any, <laughs> anything else you got, you got happening for the rest of the year into 2021? Like, it's just, I, I'm excited to see you continue on the path that you've, that you've had. You know, like especially considering, like, you know, you, you point pointed it out as like kind of being stagnant, like taking advantage of a, of a. A, frankly a shitty situation with with the pandemic and being able to still put yourself in matches that have heightened your profile in the way that they have like that's that's commendable to have those kind of performances yeah. i so. i have to admit though it wasn't all by myself so i really do have to admit like thank you billy 
Philly. If you, I know of you're course. probably listening. You'll probably listen at some point, maybe. You'll probably <laughs> listen at some point. But so I just want to say, I, I, I want the world to know, like, yeah, I work hard and I like that, that, anything like that. But wrestling is very carny and people, you have to like know people. I'm thankful for Billy every day because he really has helped me. He's helped, he's helped me in ways, so many ways, so many different ways. So I always appreciate, thank you for being a friend, Billy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a community. Like we all help each other. Yeah. It's, suppo- um, well, it's supposed to be that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only, th- like, that's the thing. Like I really, that's what I really want from this whole thing too. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, I'm going to be tuning in tonight. I am stoked to finally see Paris is bumping after such a long wait and long built anticipation for it. Um, Jared, I am super glad that we were able to sit down and have this chat all about you. Um, oh my God, kind of get to know you a bit more. I, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just talked your ear off. And then I was like, hey, I don't like talking about myself, but now I just talked your ear off forever. And I'm like, oh my hey. God. It's all That's right. New York in me. It's hey. New York in me. I just keep talking. <laughs> no complaints here. None at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let everybody know where they can find you online and uh, where they can check out Paris is Bumping. Yes. Okay. Well, first, if you're really trying to look for me, you can look for me in hell. Um, <laughs> um, no. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, I have the same. I have the same handle. It's at Mr. Jared Evans. Uh, M R J A R E D E V A N S. Some people spell Jared very weirdly. So it's Mr. Jared Evans on Twitter and on Instagram. Those are like the best platforms. Um, if somehow you're listening to this, any promoters listen to this, you want to book me, it's bookjaredevans at gmail.com. Um, and then, yeah. So see me hopefully on any shows coming up. And, you know, if you, you, you like what you see somehow, shout me out. I always try to get back to, I always try to like acknowledge everybody. Like I'm not one of those people who tries to like dust people off. So even if like you mention me, I will try to give you a like or I'll, I'll retweet you or I usually do try to reply to you. And then stay tuned to like my Twitter and my Instagram because of the thing with Mr. Jared Evans is like now my new like little thing that I'm doing. So yes, definitely. Well, I get angry. <laughs> well, thank you, Jared. Thank you. My thanks once again to Jared Evans for coming on the show. Um, it was awesome to sit down and chat with him about so much about his career. And you know, I'm very happy to see that he has had the 2020 that he has had, uh, especially considering all the situations like, you know, pandemic aside, like it's just awesome to see you know, him along with so many other um, out and proud LGBTQ pro wrestlers really putting their stamp on, on a scene in such a, uh, a worrisome climate right now um, with everything going on. Um, and part of that, of course, is tonight's Paris is bumping. If you listen to this on Thursday, the day that it drops, it's going live tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific over on independentwrestling.tv. Um, so excited for this show. Um, we've been talking about it a lot on this show. Um, if you have time, go back and listen to, to my podcast with Billy from, from last month about the show as well. Like, Big changes are coming to pro wrestling, and they're coming in the form of LGBTQ voices and marrying LGBTQ cultures um, and communities that are not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. Um, and you know, 
we're going to create our spaces ourselves if we need to. And 2020 really has been a year for that. You know, everything from Butch versus Gore all the way up through Paris is bumping tonight. Um, it's been it's been a journey, and it's not over because MV Young <laughs> and Uncanny Attractions are just recently announced that uh, Polyam Cult Party Three is coming as well. So. It's just been an awesome year all around for, for queer pro wrestling, and I am here for it. And you should be here alongside me for Paris' Bumping tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Of course, if you don't have an independentwrestling.tv um, subscription, you can use our promo code, like I said in the intro, uh, <laughs> you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod uh, for a five-day free trial, or you can go to tinyurl.com slash LGBT tongue twister there um and i uh, get that five-day free trial as well check out the show also you know check out camp leapfrog camp leapfrog's halloween special is um airing live um or right before paris bumping night i believe that starts at 5 p.m pacific uh 7 p.m or 8 p.m eastern i'm all over the place with time zones it's okay who isn't? Um, but yeah, like check out Camp Leapfrog, check out check out uh, Paris is Bumping. Go back and watch Butch vs. Gore. Watch a bunch of other awesome stuff on on there on IndependentWrestling.tv with that five day free trial. And just use our promo code LGBTRingPod and get that uh, started and see if that's something that you want to continue investing in. Also, the Mass Wrestler. Watch the Mass Wrestler. You have so much there that you can pack into five days before you figure out um, that you maybe need more than five days. So give that a shot. That is going to do it for us this week, though. Um, come back next week where I guess it's no spoiler. We're going to be talking about Paris's bumping um, because we have to give this, the, this show, this evolutionary ballroom cross pro wrestling show the treatment that all the other great uh, queer wrestling events have gotten um i'm going to be back to to run through the event and give my thoughts um but until then we will say goodbye but we have to say thank you to some awesome people who helped make this show as rad as it is i already talked about independentwrestling.tv definitely remember our promo code lgbt ring pod or go to tinyurl.com slash iwtv LGBT to get that five-day free trial and check out Paris's bumming tonight. Also, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A huge thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. They have a new album dropping October 30th, so definitely give that a, a listen um, this coming Friday. Some nice uh, spooky, revelry, vaudevillian, Panic of the Disco-y sort of stuff there to uh, to soundtrack your Halloween weekend. Always fun. Um, and then, of course, uh, we've been on a little bit of a break over on uh, twitch.tv slash deadsoundentertainment. Uh, we took a little bit of a break for October, but we should be coming back in the next couple of weeks um, with the return of the Mr. Video Game Super Show, our weekly um, gaming news show where we run through the weekly headlines in the world of video games and give analysis, have fun where we can, um, and critique where we should. It's always a blast. Uh, that's every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Hopefully those shows will get back running uh, in a couple of weeks. So, But um, until then, there's stuff to check out over there. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us here this week on the show. Um, oh, I almost forgot my own plugs. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and, you know, follow Outsports at Outsports. I've really enjoyed the past month of, of kind of covering this this glut of LGBTQ pro wrestling events. October really has been queer pro wrestling month in a lot of ways, and it's been awesome to see. Uh, and you can check out all that coverage over at Outsports, along with all of our other great writers and all of our other great stories and coverage that we have running over there. So, oh, there's always something new every day. So, yeah. But uh, that'll do it for us here this week. Uh, but as always, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and justice for Walter Wallace Jr. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, you made a deal with the